All right, turn to Matthew chapter 4. The title of the series is REAL. REAL is an acronym which stands for Relevant, Engaging, Authentic Life. Relevant, Engaging, Authentic Life. And each week we're going to use an analogy from Scripture about sharing our faith. Obviously this week we're using fishing. You saw that in the, in the video. And so this week the title is Relevant Fishers. Relevant Fishers. Jesus said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of people. Fishers of men. So that's what we're going to talk about, all right? Matthew 4, verse 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Notice the urgency in the word immediately. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. One of them was casting their nets, one's mending their nets, but they're taking care of fishing things. He called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but... Why did Jesus choose fishermen to be his disciples? These four disciples, by the way, were not the first four that were called. Two were called before this, and we believe that those two were fishermen also, because in John 21, when these four are fishing, the other two guys that were first called are with them fishing as well. So we know that at least half of the disciples were fishermen. Why did God do that? I want you to think about this. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are in heaven planning for Jesus' time on earth. And, and they say, well, how many should we choose? Well, let's choose 12. Okay, what, what type of guys are we looking for? And somehow they came up with rugged outdoor men that would know how to go after something and get it and catch it. Someone that understood these concepts of fishing. I think we need to understand the concepts of fishing. Now, I want you to notice something else, too. Um, Jesus did not choose preachers to be his disciples. None of these guys were preachers. One was a tax collector. That's far from a preacher. Well, no, actually, they're kind of close. So anyway... But he didn't choose preachers. He didn't choose politicians. Of course, we know why he didn't choose them. But he didn't choose Pharisees. He chose people. Regular, everyday, normal, working people. Have you ever wondered why? Now, I'm going to tell you something that you don't believe. I promise you. You don't believe what I'm about to tell you. Normal, everyday, average people can make a greater impact for the kingdom than preachers. Now, you don't believe that. You think that I can reach more people than you can. Unchurched, lost people. It's not true. Think about this. Every week I'm in here preaching to you, sharing with you the Word of God, helping you, but for what purpose? As a matter of fact, if you go to Ephesians 4, you'll find my purpose. My purpose is to equip you... To do the ministry. And do you know where the ministry takes place? Not in here. The ministry takes place out there. My job is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Think about this. Jesus chose 12 guys. We have 12,000 active members here at Gateway Church. 12,000. 
Can you imagine every week if I preach to you, but you never do anything outside of these walls? We're not going to help the community. We're not going to affect the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. But can you imagine if every member of Gateway Church became a fisher of people? How many people would we reach? You can reach so many more people than I can reach. We, we, we live around fish. We work with fish. We just simply need to learn how to catch fish. And so we're going to take this analogy today, and we're going to talk about fishing, right? Here's, I want to tell you three things. Number one, put bait on your hook. Put bait on your hook. Now, what is bait? Bait is any story about God's goodness. Listen to me carefully, because this is very, very important. Every person in the world wants to, whether they admit it or not, wants to have a miraculous encounter with the loving God. It's innate in their created being. Everyone. And so what we are to do when we fish is simply put bait on the hook. Tell people about an encounter we had with God. And it might not even be our salvation encounter. It could be another encounter we have with God. Please understand this. Can you imagine a person who was fishing and he had his hook in the water but no bait on it? See, you have bait. Your bait is your story. Now, I do think that your salvation story can be bait. I've used my salvation story a lot. I do want to tell you something, though. I was speaking with my daughter about a month ago, and she jokingly said something to me that shocked me. And it made me think about the way I talk about my past. I was talking about the destiny God has on her life, and I said to her, you realize you may reach more people than I ever reach. You may do greater things for God than I ever do. And she said, well, if I'm going to do greater things for God than you, I'm going to have to sin a whole lot more. Now, she was joking, but it was like a dagger in my heart. I said, wait a minute, sugar. I said, do you think that I do great things for God because I have this bad past and so I can relate to a lot of people? And she said, well, in some ways, you people, people relate to you. And I started thinking about this. Am I giving the impression to our young people that, hey, look at Pastor Robert. Pastor Robert's doing great things for God, but Pastor Robert has a bad past. Pastor Robert did bad things when he was a teenager. Maybe I should do bad things so I can relate to more people. Please listen to me very carefully. What's powerful about my testimony is not how bad I was. It's how good he is. You have to hear that. Testimonies are about God, not about the person. It's about how good God is. And I I, I was talking to my daughter and I said, Do you realize that for years I have battled shame because of my past? You know, you know that I was involved in drugs and things like that. But some of the things in my past I haven't told you because it's shameful to talk about. I was a very, very immoral person. I have wondered since I came to Christ, why was I so immoral other than it must have been just a direct attack on me to keep me from doing what God wanted me to do. That He saw that that was the way that He could attack me. And because of that immorality that was in my life, I have this incredible shame. You know, the thing about, uh, you know, someday... You know, you're going to get real well known and they're going to pull the skeleton out of your closet. You know, well, I don't have a skeleton in my closet. I have a graveyard in my closet. <laughs> and the devil just says, you know, you better not do anything big for God because if you do, we'll just pull your past out. 
Well, I finally had to come to a place where I said, well, just pull it out, pal, because I've got to do something for the kingdom while I'm on this earth. But I stand in front of you, and so many times I say things like this. I have a bad past. I have a bad past. And what I'm trying to do is communicate to those of you who relate to that to say, listen, if God can use that guy, then He can use me too. I'm trying to let you know there's hope. But I want to tell all the young people here, don't emulate me. Don't, don't say, if I'm going to do something great for God, I'm going to have to get involved in sin because that's the lie of the enemy. You don't have to be involved in sin to do something great for God. Here's one of the greatest lies. People who've gone through it can minister the best. No, people under the power of the Holy Spirit can minister the best. Whether they've gone through it or not. It's the power of God that changes lives. Here's what we've done. A bad story is a good story. That's what we've done. Well, he's got a bad story. That's a good story. No, you want a good story? Hear my wife's story. She got saved at nine. She never did anything. She thought for years she didn't have a good story. You know, what do you tell people when you got saved at nine? I was hooked on bubble gum. I was up to six sticks a day. Well, let me tell you what her story is. Let me tell you why it's better than mine. I'll never forget the day she and I were talking about some things, about the, the immorality and the things that I was involved in in my past. And she said to me, I just, it, I couldn't believe the statement. She said to me, I never had a desire to do that. I never even had a thought to do so. I never had a desire. And what a testimony. See, her testimony is that the same grace that got me out of it kept her from ever going in or ever wanting to go in. And, 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 and for a guy like me, that just blew me away. And of course, And at first I couldn't relate to it. And then I thought, well, I don't have a desire anymore to do that. God, God changed me at 19, but He changed her at 9. Are you all following me? But it's not just your salvation story. She's got stories about God's provision and God's things in her life. Miraculous story. People love miraculous stories about God. So it's not just your salvation story. Any story. If it happened to you last week and God did it, tell somebody. I have a friend of mine whose daughter, was uh, her eyes were healed. And he's in the construction business. And they, they, her eyes were crossed. And they prayed and prayed and prayed for months. And one night she goes to bed with crossed eyes and wakes up with perfect eyes. And they're healed to this day, and that was years ago. You know what he did? He wrote this testimony out, wrote it out, and he sent it to every one of his clients. And he started talking to them. And everywhere he goes, he tells lost people about how his daughter's eyes were healed, and he has led people to Christ because of that story. Not just his testimony, but a testimony. See, you have to understand something. A testimony is anything God does. Anything he does. God said, tell the world about the Red Sea party. Tell the world about how I delivered you from slavery with the ten plagues. God wants us to tell stories about him. That's what bait is. Bait is any story that you tell that's about God. That's bait. Alright, so let me tell you the second thing you need to understand. Put your hook in the water. I understand these are simple. Put bait on your hook. That's a story. Then put your hook in the water. What does that mean? Put your story in front of people. Learn to cast your line. What would you think about a fisherman that walked around the bank with his rod in his hand and had bait on his hook and never put it in the water? He's not going to catch anybody. That's the way many of you are. You've got stories about God and you never tell anybody. You've got to tell somebody. That's all we're saying. Just tell somebody. My son James is a fisherman. He is a fisherman. When he was... Four, five, six, seven years old, he'd watch those fishing shows on, on Saturday mornings. 
and he learned a lot about fishing. When he was about seven or eight, we went to Colorado and we went to one of these trout ponds where you could pay and there were trout in the pond, you know, and he was little. And so we go into the store and I'm asking the guy, what are some good baits? My little eight-year-old, seven, eight-year-old son's walking around the store looking for baits. He picks about three baits out. He comes back and he sets them on the counter. The guy that works there looks at the baits that this little kid picked out and said, uh, those won't work. I looked down at my son. My son looked up at me and went. And I said, we'll take these. He said, well, they won't work. I said, yeah, we'll take these. We walked out. James looked around and all these men, grown men, were on one side of the pond. He looked around the pond for a little while. He walked over to this one area where nobody was. And in about six or seven minutes, he caught about eight or nine trout. Just like that. All these men started moving over where this little kid was fishing. Then they started saying, what do you got? Then they went back in the store. They bought his, pretty soon everybody's catching fish. James, he's standing there. He's like seven or eight years old. And he's telling this guy, this guy's casting his line. He's saying, you're not doing that right. And what was great was the guy said, how do you do it? And so James taught him how to do it. He starts catching fish. Why? How come he can catch fish? You know, I was thinking about this earlier. I'm preaching on this this weekend. Do you know where he is this weekend? He's fishing. He left Friday. He'll come back this afternoon. You know, he just, he's, that's what he's doing. You know why he's good at it, though? Well, he got some training, and then he does it all the time. Did you catch it? I've led hundreds of people to Christ. Not because I'm a preacher. You want to know why? Because i got some training, and I do it all the time. I just share my story. That's all I'm saying. You can't imagine how many people you will catch. Listen, Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. If you're not fishing, are you not following? Because if we're following, we're fishing. We just want to help you. Go to a, a group and learn to tell your story. When I, I took a class in college on evangelism, they taught us to share our testimony in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. I got out of college and I started teaching churches. Share your testimony in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. I, I, you know, I'd be at 7-Eleven trying to tell someone my 30-minute testimony. And the guy said, hey, pal, I got to go. I'd say, I'm just up to 1969. <laughs> And I started figuring out it's too long. So I started teaching people how to share ten minutes. That's too long. Five minutes, three minutes. You know what I teach now? I teach people how to share their testimony in ten seconds with a hook. You put a hook on it. See, in other words, you say something like, uh, I go I, from taking my testimony. Uh, you know, I was extremely involved in drugs until I went to a motel room one night and a miracle happened in the motel room. I've never had anyone just sit there like, really? Everyone says, what happened? Well, I got them. You see? I've just developed ways of catching fish. Or here's one. You say, well, I wasn't involved in drugs. Well, here's one. Here's part of my testimony. I grew up in church, and I knew all about God, but my life never changed until I gave Him control of my life. I've had people say to me, how do you give Him control? See? So you can just share anything. Just share your story. Learn how to share your story, but that's what we're going to teach you in the next four weeks is how to share your story. And here's the last thing I want to tell you. Fish where the fish are. Fish where the fish are. Put bait on your hook, put your hook in the water, and fish where the fish are. You say, well, that, doesn't that, in, that kind of imply don't put your uh, bait, put your hook in the water? No, because you could fish in a swimming pool. You could fish in a bathtub. 
So it depends on which water you put your, your, your bait into, right? Okay, here's the reason I'm telling you that. You saw in the video. By the way, how many of you guys recognize where we filmed that video? Bass Pro, right? <laughs> my, my son, who's 22, remember the outdoorsman, he likes Bass Pro and he likes Cabela's. He likes them both, but I don't know if Bass Pro is much better. And that's one of the questions, by the way, that he's asking young ladies that he's, being, that he's meeting right now. He says to him, which one's better, Bass Pro or Cabela's? And so just if you're 22, just to let you know, Bass Pro is the answer, because otherwise you don't have a chance with him. <laughs> so anyway, that's where we were. We're at Bass Pro, and there's that tank there where there's some fish there. And you, that DV starts out with him, Hank, trying to catch something in the, in the tank. And what I say to him in the video, and you probably heard me say it is, those fish have already been caught. And the fishing store is like the church. It's where you go to get equipped to fish, but you don't fish in the fishing store. Let me tell you again what fishing is. It's telling stories about God. That's all it is, just telling stories about God, about God's goodness, right? Okay. It's okay to tell stories about God in church. That's okay. Because, as a matter of fact, we're supposed to. The Bible says that we encourage one another when we do that. But all I'm saying to you is don't just tell your stories in church. Just, just do the exact same thing you do at church when you go to work. When you get around fish, just tell people about your story. People love stories. You understand that? The most popular TV shows are when it's real life. This really happened. Movies today. We love movies that are based on a true story, right? People love stories. Think about this. If you were uh, at work and, uh, and you heard two coworkers talking, and this one coworker says to the other one, uh, did you know that I had cancer five years ago? How would the other coworker respond? I didn't know that. What happened? Well, I had cancer, and I went to MD Anderson. I started going through chemo, and actually I was getting worse. And uh, I go to this church where we have these little groups, and we were meeting in a group, and they started praying for me every week and every day. And I got better, and now I, I'm cancer-free. Okay, that other person is not going to say, you're trying to cram your religion down my throat, aren't you? No, that other person is going to say, well, that's great. That's great. And when this other person goes through difficulty, what's he going to do? He's going to go right back to this person and say, hey, tell me where that group is that prayed for you. You see what I'm saying? It's just telling a story. People love stories. That's all I'm doing. I'm just saying you tell a story. I told you a story a couple weeks ago about how I fell on vacation. You all listened to it. You laughed with me. About that story, because people like stories. You tell stories all the time. All I'm trying to get you to do is tell stories about God, and you do that, you just do it in church. And it's not wrong to do it in church, we just got to do it outside of church. And, and you tell stories about vacation, you tell stories about moving into a house, you tell stories about your children, you tell stories about grandchildren. Now that I'm a grandparent, <laughs> oh, I don't know how that got up there. See, my point is, you just slip it in. <laughs> just slip it in. And when you're at work, you just slip in a story about God. And I'm telling you, if you'll start fishing, you'll catch fish. Many, many Christians tell me, Pastor, I've never led anyone to the Lord. Let me tell you why. You're not casting your net. 
If you'll start casting your net, which is telling stories about God, you'll catch some fish. Now, again, there needs to be a hook in fishing, you know. And so I've tried to share my little 10-second deal where there's a hook so that I get asked a question. Right after I got saved, this guy asked me if I wanted to buy drugs, and I said, no, I used to do drugs until the greatest thing that ever happened to me happened. And the guy said, what happened? And so I was able to tell him about the Lord, you know. So I kind of developed that, you know. Anytime I'd, I'd be in a place where there'd be something going on, drugs or alcohol or something, I'd say, no, I used to do that and until the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And it worked great. Everyone said, what happened, you know. And one time I pulled up this intersection. I've only been saved about three months. Now I pulled up this intersection. A guy walks up to my, at the intersection of red light, walks up to my car window. And I roll my window down. He says, hey, you want to buy a lid? Now I've thought back on this. I must have, I'd only been saved three months, I must have still looked like a dope head, you know. Because <laughs> you don't just walk up to someone at a red light, you know. So, uh, so anyway, I said to him, I said, no, I used to smoke dope until the greatest thing that ever happened to me happened. And the guy said, oh, Jesus. And he turned around and walked off. <laughs> that was my line. <laughs> so I pulled the car over and I went, I went up to him and I said, wait a minute. He said, how did you know, when I said the greatest thing that ever happened to me, how did you know I was talking about Jesus? You know what he said? Now, this is sad. He said, because I've accepted him too. I said, but you're still selling dope. So then I said to him, let me tell you something. Jesus doesn't just forgive you. He changes you. And I said, I don't know which Jesus you accepted. But I know this, you're still in bondage. And then I just had this little line come to me, and I said to him, and I said, I also know this. I know you hate your life. And he started crying. And in just a few minutes, I led him in a prayer giving his life to God. Why? Because I just put my line out there. I throw the bait out. Every chance I get, I'm telling people about God. And I want you to do the same thing. You really can catch some people, I promise you. Follow me. I will make you fishers of people. We want to teach you how to do it. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes.